Hello, gorgeous creatures. A uh, quick uh, cold open from Tristis here. Uh, I recorded the podcast with my windows open because the sun went sh- uh, was shining and I went insane. Um, it's fine, but you will hear a bit more what I'd like to call ambiance of London traffic, just in case you're wondering what the hell's happening. And uh, next week, you can expect an episode with closed windows, which isn't that exciting. So um, enjoy the episode. It was fun. Fun, fun, fun. And stay naked. Bye. Welcome to Masturbators, the podcast where we talk about sex, masturbation, love, relationships, self-love, body image, mental health, feminism, and everything else that comes up. <laughs> You're partying already. Yeah. I'm here with Reg. Hello. Uh, sex therapist in training. In training. Which is very fun. Yes. And, and we're going to talk about sex today, obviously, and a bit of your sexual journey, mm-hmm. should we call that? Um from, I suppose, when you discovered your sexuality and how it's developed through the years, uh, taking into account how your body image and mental health mm-hmm. affects it. Um, and then we'll get to where you're now mm-hmm. and talk a bit about uh, being a sex therapist. And very interestingly, you're also part or training. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, of I'm in world. the tantra world and yeah. sort of dabbling with that and seeing how different yet there are some crossovers yeah. with the more sort of traditional sex therapy space so it's very interesting and you said before freudian sex therapy is that still very so no so that's like that's that's what we learned about literally in my latest class oh, but it? um <clears throat> but there were some parts of it i think it's reich is one of the like n- like neo freudian or post post freudian um sort of therapists that talks about one concept that is very present in oh, okay, tantra okay. so it's like how did that happen? How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Uh, did I say your name? I said Reg. Your name. Yes. Reg. Yes. Hi. I'm Hello. Hello. Um, so where should we start? When when did you feel your sexuality blossom? When did that flower blossom? <laughs> um, it's a good question. I think... So I'm I'm originally from Bermuda, mm-hmm. born and raised. Awesome. Uh, which is... I had a very lovely, you know, beautiful childhood growing up on beautiful tropical island um and i think from a very early on i sort of realized that people were often having sex and talking about these things and <laughs> okay. I'm like, what is that what's that what's going on uh so I is re- that something people are very open about i don't know that they are but i think i was always very like aware mm-hmm. that there was something going on okay <laughs> that i was not involved in and i wanted to sort of learn more mm-hmm. so i think from a very early age there was a curiosity mm-hmm. um I remember so my, my my family's half Brazilian so I would oftentimes travel and go and spend time there with them right. and my cousins in Brazil who are maybe a few years older than me were very very open mm-hmm. and you know we would talk about things and we would watch a novella on tv mm-hmm. and my aunt wouldn't cover my eyes when the sex scene came on so I'd be like oh what's going on <laughs> so and that was sort of a an initial intro into that and that was when I was what maybe seven Mm -hmm. eight years old Uh, I remember my first sex talk with my mom who said to me 
sex hurts. Oh, okay. And if you have sex, you'll get pregnant. And if you get pregnant, you're no longer my daughter. That's very intense. It was very intense. And it's really... And sort of frightening, I guess. The concept of sex in itself has now become something dangerous. It was. And I think now I... Now, with the relationship that I have with my mom and that we've we've built over time, I can understand where that might have come from mm-hmm. and how it's, you know, it's definitely not true for me. Right. But it definitely, as an intro to it coming from my mom, was very frightening. Yeah. And very like, oh, crap. So, like, getting pregnant is the worst possible yeah. thing. And having a baby or I don't want something that hurts me. Yeah. But, yeah. again, this intrinsic knowing that, well, if people are, if it's happening, then it can't be it that, can't be that bad. bad. Yeah. How um, old were you? When she said that to me, I think I must have been 11 or 12. Right. So very early, sort of maybe even before your body becomes specifically sexual. Or your, yeah, your I, hadn't sexual had my, I hadn't had my first period at that stage. I was the last one of my friends to sort of develop in that space. Yeah. So I was maybe 14 or 15 before that happened. But it was very early on and it was very much this messaging of, Again, another thing that has come to my mind that, that I was once told was men only want anal sex. Oh. Okay. What a, like, what a Very we- specific What a weird... Well, not a weird... What a specific yeah. thing, like you said, to hear. Yeah. To have someone say to you in the middle of a conversation about sex and sexuality, like, men only want anal. And it's only, you know, 15 odd years down the line where I'm like, Okay, that's not actually true. <laughs> not even close to being true. Um, but it's taken it's taken quite a, a ride to get there. Yeah, um, yeah, that sounds very, very frightening. As a first sort of open, um, because you've gotten in, in, or you've known about sex from the novellas or from it being around and sort of yeah. hearing a buzz, um, to actually being confronted with it as something painful and dangerous and then the notion that men only want anal sex which is also was that was the anal sex in itself um sort of evaluated as something bad or 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 painful or was that just a it wasn't evaluated as something painful it was evaluated as as soon as you give that away you're useless oh i see sexually which which again and i don't know where that thought pattern came from Mm. but it was very it was very present um and again and just kind of picking things up as I went along I remember again I I can see it happening I was in primary school and I remember sitting in the library with students in the year above me Mm -hmm. we were reading the newspaper and it was they were saying oh so-and-so gave head to so-and-so and And Mm -hmm. I'm like what's head (laughs) And they're like, it's oral sex. And I'm like, well, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's when you put a penis in someone's mouth. And I was like, my initial reaction was, people can do that? <laughs> How interesting. How interesting. <laughs> but again, it was, it's, and it all, it's, it's amazing to me actually just sitting here and thinking back, you know, you said, we said we'd talk about like how it all started. And it's mm. like, oh my God, this was so present mm-hmm. from such a young period in my life. Yeah. Even gender and, and sexual orientation. I remember going, walking up the sk- stairs in school and this other student in my class was like, are you straight or crooked? Huh. And I remember I remember her saying that, are you straight or crooked? And I was like, I'm crooked because crooked sounds really fun. <laughs> it sounds really fun and kind of bumpy and I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I knew you were crooked. I knew you were crooked. And I'm like, 
Okay. What is that? Okay, I guess. But now I see that it was, are you straight, straight or gay? Straight okay. yeah. And again, we were like 11. Mm-hmm. And these conversations were Happened. happening. Yeah, interesting. I love that an 11-year-old child would inquire that specifically and then make a comment, uh, sort of evaluate the answer. But again, I'm, I'm interested as well, where did that come from? Yeah. Where did that question come from? Because I've definitely, as I've gotten older, gone back to Bermuda and spent you know holidays and things there and been on the bus mm-hmm. and been on the bus around when school finishes mm-hmm. into the city and having little kids, primary school kids, right, yeah, on yeah. the bus saying, oh, you faggot, oh, you gay lord. And I, I remember saying to this boy, I said, do you know what that word means? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that word means? He said, no, my daddy just says it all the time. Oh, that's really and bad. And I'm like, okay, pause. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's... That's and that was maybe five years ago. That's recently. That's so it's recently. it's it's very interesting to me how how much those conversations and those comments mm-hmm. can have an impact. On, yeah, on and people. children just <clears throat> like sponge. sponge. Yeah, yep. just uh, take that on. And the sad thing is, they don't know what it means. They just mean they know it's derogatory. And I think as soon as then the meaning of the f word and and gay are combined then their mind is already yeah. negatively, yeah. Uh, I don't know, set out against that. I don't know, set up. The yeah, idea yeah. of it is negative, which is really damaging and really sad. Um, but I, I, saying that, when I was, and my mother never used gay that way, but when I was young, I don't know if it was a trend that gay as a negative word was used or if it still happens. But I remember... You know, being like, oh, that's gay, if it was shit. And mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't think, I didn't have anything against gay people. I just didn't, it's just everyone said it, and I didn't question that. Yeah. And I don't know if I had the capacity as a 12-year-old to question it. And nobody took me to the side and told me and what it like, meant. hey, actually. Yeah. But I, I, I still hear that being used today, less so mm. than when I was growing up. But I've definitely been in situations where people are like, gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like... Really? Yeah. Really, folks? Yeah. It's 2019. Yeah, and, exactly. And I'm sure your vocabulary is broader than than that. Like, why is that even a, a comment? It, does, it just it doesn't make sense unless you're a homophobic asshole. Like, that's the only and context I don't, again, in which that And, and when I've heard it in, in, in French circles, I don't believe that that's the case. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, and unless, yeah. it's still there. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how is this still happening? You know, when we're in our 20s and 30s plus. Yeah, and you're sort of aware of the fact that being gay or queer or whatever, you know, doesn't mean anything negative about mm. you as a person. And it's still used so flippantly by people who are meant to be woke. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it's it's still very damaging. And it's it's very interesting how it sort of changes in a friend circle when someone comes out and then suddenly people go that's gay Um, and people become conscious because it's so um, disassociated from what it means Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you sort of have to get that meaning back in their head to go it doesn't make any sense to see that now yeah it's kind of like it's it's cognitive dissonance as it were in a way it's like oh actually you're gay and I really like you. Yeah. What is that? I have to unlearn what I've previously learned. And I, I, I really struggle with that. I really struggle with my own sort of 
internalized homophobia mm-hmm. maybe that I've that I've had and have had experiences with and it's something that I'm really working through mm-hmm. my half brother is gay um, and we have I, I like to think that we have a really close relationship mm-hmm. some of my closest friends are uh, are gay or identify as lesbian and, and, and it's kind of like cool like yeah. I love you, you you're wonderful yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be at your wedding like this is <laughs> yeah. this is this is it um, and acknowledging that okay I'm now in a place where I can unpick Mm -hmm. things and I can identify what's actually true for me Mm -hmm. um with a capital sort of t like this is is what I truly actually believe and not what um I've been told to believe or what I've been moved to believe but that takes time it does um so that was your first interaction or your first experiences with ideas around sex ideas yeah um when did you personally get in, become more sexual, or sort of that sexual awakening we were talking about? When did that happen, and how did it, how did the things you had learned in quotation marks about sex play into that? I think there's two components. I think the first one is sex with self, right, mm-hmm. and then sex with sharing sex with other people. The first part, I was really young. Mm-hmm. I was really young, and again, it was more of this burning curiosity that was firing things for me so Mm -hmm. I would I have this very real memory of being in my grandma's house and my grandma used to have these pillows that had a satin Mm -hmm. side to them and I remember putting them like in my clothes so that the satin part would touch my genitals Mm -hmm. and being like oh my god that's so good (laughs) and I was I was like eight Mm -hmm. and thinking oh that feels really nice why does that feel really nice and then again I remember uh, packing for a trip to Brazil and me having to like crawl over the suitcase to pick something up and mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. that feels kind of nice. And I started humping a suitcase. Like, <laughs> what? Um, so I think not from, knowing what it was, not knowing, just, yeah. not knowing what it was, but sort of connecting with, oh, that is pleasurable. Feels really nice yeah. in different ways. I can have it feel really nice and cool and smooth, or I can have it feel like pressure. And it's like, oh, that's, oh. Um, so that's sort of where that piece started. I definitely identify. A sense of hiding mm-hmm. that as well like it would always have to be done in, in secret, in secret. yeah um or yeah and it, it, that was very much a thing I couldn't tell anyone about it mm-hmm. for fear that it would be laughed at and now my friends laugh at me for like humping stuffed animals in pillows but it's true like it's it's sort of how you start isn't it I, I don't know if I've ever humped a stuffed animal I'm sure I must have I definitely did <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Whatever works. This is it. This is it. So I think that's that started then, and and I don't think I ever told anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever told anyone, even my cousins that I was quite close with, because although we had a really important relationship and it was really close, mm-hmm. I also acknowledged a sense from them of oh that's too that's that's too much that's too much yeah. So it was. Were you aware of the fact that it was sexual? Okay. I was aware of the fact that it was sexual because it was so distant to how I had seen people interact. I'd never oh, I see. I'd never seen people actually like having sex or yeah. doing that, but I, I it was so different to how other people would be and it was such a positive experience that I was like this maybe this is it. This has to be right. what what they do in what private. What they do in private. Yeah. They hump suitcases. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um so I I definitely made that connection quite early on. And then as I moved through my teens, again, it was, there was always this undercurrent of kind of 
what is it? Mm-hmm. This fascination. I remember the first time I saw a penis, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what? And I like, remember looking at it and looking under it and like, you know, smell. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool. Mm. This is so different to what I've got going yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and again, I was, I was a teenager. I was maybe 14, 15. Um, and it was, it was just this budding curiosity and it sort of hasn't stopped mm. really since then. Since then. I don't want it to stop either. I think I kind of. It's kind of cool, isn't it? it? How you can still learn new things that maybe you did even know about. So, uh, you know, I've heard of Tantra before. Mm -hmm. And like I said to you, it's almost always the butt of a joke in a comedy. Um, But then I've never actually heard what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it might be really interesting. Mm. And it's like, even if you've heard things, I think just because you've heard something, you don't know it. And I think because we're ever evolving, hopefully. I think that's sort of the fun in life that mm-hmm. you change as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, things that might not have turned you on ten years ago, suddenly hello. you're like, "Hello, okay, well, we can try that now." And yeah, I mean, we were talking about this earlier as well. It's it's acknowledging that things can change. Yeah, and just because X turns me on today or I'm really into this, doesn't mean that that's going to be the case a week from now. Mm-hmm. And and just because I try something once doesn't. And maybe this is my perspective, but trying something once, I'm. I cannot assume that I know it just because I've mm-hmm. tried it once. I've done it once. Okay, fine. I've done it once. For me to really know it is to experience it and explore it from lots of different yeah. angles and in different ways and at different times before you can... I, I mean, that's my own take. I'm I'm permanently in beta. Like, I'm permanently... Ca- <laughs> testing. Permanently testing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I'll ever know anything mm. fully. But like you said, I think that's part of the adventure yeah in I a think, way I think that's fun and I think finding people you can go on the adventure with and be very open mm. with um, if you're interested in doing that is really fun and if you're asexual however you experience mm-hmm. it then obviously that's that's absolutely fine as well um, I think always be guided by your la- your your curiosity your curiosity yeah um, on that note would you ever try something that you you really don't see turning you on just because you feel like is that something because i i know people are like well just because you don't you know you don't like it but you haven't tried it yet and i'm like yeah but i don't want to try it so why would i and like that doesn't mean that you never change your mind about trying it but i don't like i personally don't see the benefits of trying something that doesn't turn me on in my head Mm. i think my initial response to that is yes i would even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't something that i was necessarily thinking was for me and the way that I would do it would be in such a way that is okay I'm in it now okay I'm I'm and that's in a, I've, I've operated in that way in quite a lot of different aspects of my life so if I'm going to lose weight get fit go to the gym I'm going to become a bodybuilder okay yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like all or nothing it's that sort of space and I don't know that that's the most effective or the most healthy approach to things but yeah. you know going to an orgy or going to a group sex scenario I remember it being proposed to by a partner and me being like, yep, okay, I've booked tickets, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> We're going next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that might not have even been their intention, I imagine. I mean, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. But it's like, that's how I look to approach things because I can very quickly... Change your mind? Change my mind. So you're like, I'm in it rather than sort of being at the outskirts of something looking in if i'm gonna be in i'm gonna be in yeah um and i i I tend to approach my life 
mm-hmm. like that in a lot of in a lot of ways. Which I, mean. I think can be helpful as well as unhelpful. Yeah. Like every, I think every strategy in life never works out this all is it. of the time. This is it. And that's I think part of changing and figuring things out. And then you notice if when it comes to sex, you might have one approach, and when you have it comes to friendships, you might have another. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to your work life, yeah, yeah, um, it's different again. And maybe you have to variate them. Um, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, masturbation, you started, I suppose, quite young and innocently. Um, has it? Is it something that became more important to you when you got to the age, I don't know, 13, 14, 15? Um, and was your relationship to it negative due to the fact that you've heard bad things about sex? Or was that something you were able to and and I guess the relationship to sex as well was it something that you could strip away very easily with your own experiences or was it always for a while part of the Hmm. experiences I think to to masturbation I mean I definitely never spoke to a parent or like adult about Mm. it that never happened and and I was quite content with it, just doing it on my own Um, I'd have those you know first loves where you are on the phone until late mm. late night and uh and we would we would you know masturbate over the phone with each other and that was quite nice so i, I had no issues in sharing it with with your with a person that i was yeah. intimate with that i was you know in a relationship with let's yeah. call it that was never a concern and it and it still isn't a, like that's a big part actually of my sex life today so mm-hmm. that's something that i think that's been very effective that i've carried mm-hmm. through um and then in terms of Sex. I think I was I, I I lost my virginity when I was twenty mm-hmm. twenty one, um, and a lot of my friends had had sexual experiences yeah. before that, and I had too. I had had um, you know oral sex experiences and, and things with partners, but I think I, yeah, and even with those, it was again, it's weird. I, like I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, that's such a bizarre thing. But the first uh, time I I ever gave a boyfriend oral sex, I asked him, I was like, so how was it? What would you, out of 10, what would be my kind of oh, grade? Wow. I genuinely asked him, I was like, what would you grade? What do I need to do to, like, what's... What's more interesting for you that I could... What, yeah, what, what, and I, and it was just this inquiry of what is, what did that feel like for you? What did I do that worked, that didn't work? And, and not in a self-deprecating no, way that you'd be like, oh, was I good? No, no, no. I was but just, it would be genuine. That's really cool, though. Super curious. Yeah. And I remember he gave me a 6.7. Which, you know, (laughs) and I remember it, and I remember it to this day, and I remember thinking, okay, 6.7, like, that's a solid C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I can, I can, I can move forward with this. And I remember the next time I asked him again, he said 7.3, and I was like, all right, we're getting, and and again, it was just kind of like, not in a, I want to get a a 10 out of 10, or even an, you know, 11 out of 10, or whatever that is. (laughs) It was genuinely like, this is something I can learn. Mm Mm-hmm this is something that I can build on and I can develop and I can grow. And I think that's a big part of how I have come to view sex and sexuality mm-hmm. is that it's a skill. Yeah, okay. It's a skill and we get to practice it mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> most of the time while we're practicing it. Sometimes yeah. it's not fun. Um, sometimes it can bring up a lot of different things and for for different reasons, but... Yeah, I think that's sort of in my undercurrent, has mm-hmm. been this undercurrent of really genuine curiosity and wanting to build upon sex as a skill. And if you say sex as a skill, would you, 
is that sort of important to you because you want to please the other person is that why you would think it's something that you'd like to hone um i mean what's the motivation for example when you asked about how you did with the blowjob um was it that you wanted to give better blowjobs to please the other person more or was it more that you were interested in being better at it does that make sense i think it's both i think it's i think it's a combination of both things i think it's enjoying the pleasure that my partner is receiving Mm -hmm. acknowledging my own pleasure from providing that sort of experience and also really just the i don't have a penis Mm -hmm. right you know i don't i don't know what that feels like i'll never know what that feels like in my lifetime and that's okay and this is as close to it right as i'm gonna get like you know it's like (laughs) poking my eye so how can i how can i and this is what's coming up for me now is how can i become one with it right in that way even though it will never be mine yeah so to speak so i think that's that's really what's underneath what's underneath it and has been part of the of the experience and again and and kind of zooming in Mm -hmm. so like looking at the the hair and looking at the skin and like really really like oh like knowing everything about it yeah getting to really see it yeah and um which is very cool i find that really really impressive at i'm guessing a quite young age to be that inquisitive about it and to be and to not just have it be one of the things that you do and then you do another thing and Mm. then it's sort of horrible until it isn't anymore but you sort of went straight into this is fun let's do it better and like it's really i think that's really i don't know how other people experience it but i think it's not always that thought out or that meticulous and that passionate, I guess. Because I, th- I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean and we, again, we were saying this earlier. You know, the first time I saw porn, I took notes. Mm, yeah. I guess you're very thorough. But this is it. Maybe <laughs> I am very thorough. I do. I just, I, just, I just find it really fascinating how these bodies move and how these things happen and mm-hmm. how this sensation arises. Like, what? Mm. How? Where? Why? Why not sometimes? Mm-hmm. As well, and I think that's something that I've learned to discuss. That, that I've learned in more recent years is, oh wow, sometimes it doesn't feel good, or sometimes I don't feel anything at all, mm-hmm. or sometimes it hurts. Mm-hmm. Actually, what's that about? Because it didn't hurt last time. Mm-hmm. Why does it hurt? So, so again, kind of this constant inquiry, this mm-hmm. constant questioning, which might be a bit fastidious <laughs> or might be a bit tiresome, but I, for, for some partners that I've had in the past, um, where they're like, oh, just, just, just put it in your mouth. Just stop. <laughs> stop asking just questions. Stop asking questions. Just <laughs> stick it in your mouth. And, and I get it, right? I get, I get that too. But like, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing exploration. And mm-hmm. I feel very privileged to be here we're in a place like London, my God, where there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, such a wonderfully sex positive city, at least in my experience of yeah. it, um, compared to where I was born in Bermuda, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as beautiful as a place it is and, a, and as sexual as a place it is. I think Bermuda is a highly sexualized population. I think people are, people are having a lot of sex, mm-hmm. maybe from a very young age. Certainly some of my, my childhood friends growing up were having sex in their early teens. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it's a very different approach to sexuality. There is a lot of homophobia on the island. Right. There are a lot of social constructs and social currents that are very, very different 
to what it's like to be here in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and even in Brazil, and like, I lived in Mexico for a while, and in Can- you see these different cultural components around right. sex and makeup, and you're like, oh my God, and I live in London. This city is so lit. Like, it's so just bursting mm. with energy around sexuality and vibrancy. I, I love it. It's so... <sighs> I think it's where people come to explore. Um, and there's just so many people from so many different places. Mm-hmm. And it sort of just culminates in this energy where whatever you like or into, you can just go and find it. You can find it. You can find it quite easily. And I think that's really refreshing. Um but to your point around the cultural component, I think it's super, super interesting as well to have <coughs> blessings, <laughs> Gesundheit, as they say in Deutsch. Yes. <laughs> um, it's having a sexual experience with people from different cultural backgrounds is also really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And a big part of, again, it's this sort of, I will never be Canadian or I will right. never be Italian. Yeah. And have that cultural backing and... In having a sexual experience with that person, oh, I can something about that culture comes through. Yeah. At least in my mindset, it sort of permeates the the response. I don't know. I'm I've I've worked with a mentor in the past, Preston Smiles, who talks a lot about how we do how we do anything is how we do everything. Interesting. Okay. And which some might agree, some might disagree. I I tend to to lean towards yes, that that resonates. And more to that, how we are sexually, right, can can impact how we are everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that sexual component is coming from a very diverse, cultural, inquisitive background, or from a, a place that's very sort of structured and um, and coherent and cohesive, that's going to have different impacts yeah. on how you are, how you show up elsewhere. Yeah, be it professionally, be it socially, be it you know, in, in other aspects. So I think that's quite curious as well. And again, I think London as a, as a launch plot for that mm-hmm. is quite unique Yeah, in that sense. Because it's not very English. It's very multicultural, isn't it? It's sort mm. of, you've got a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, where, where your first experience with sex, did your mother's words ring in your ear? Were you ever afraid of having sex? I was terrified of having sex for a very long time. With my first boyfriend when I was 16, we tried a few times, and I was like, no, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interestingly, I remember I remember this is, oh, it's so funny to be able to talk about this so openly. I remember we tried having sex. It didn't work. I was like, nothing's going in there, friend. <laughs> and, and he ended up just, like, ejaculating on my leg. And I remember being like, a few days later, I was like, we need to take a pregnancy test. Oh, I see. We need to take a pregnancy test yeah. because you touched it. It was around that area. You ja- like, you, we need to take a pregnancy test. And he was like, we didn't have sex. And I was like, yeah, but but this is a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get pregnant. And looking back now, that was absolutely referent to, mm-hmm. to the things that I had heard from my, from my mom who would have said those things. I imagine from a protective standpoint, mm-hmm. from a place of fear, really more than anything, yeah, for me and for and for her, I suppose. And uh, and it wasn't until much later where I I don't remember who I heard this from, but the conversation went around, you know, don't have sex until you are okay with every possible consequence. Mm-hmm. 
Which is a very mature way of looking at it. Which was a very mature, and that really resonated with me. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that makes sense. And I actually, the person that I lost my lost my virginity, I hate that phrase, that I first had sex with, um, penetrative sex with, was yeah. a friend. Mm-hmm. Was an older friend who I had met that summer, and we really just got on really well, and there was a really open dialogue and conversation. And I thought to myself, I was like, actually, if I were to get pregnant... I'd be okay. Right, yeah. If I were to get an STI, contract an STI, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. If it were to hurt, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Because I felt safe enough in myself, I felt safe enough with this person. That where you could openly talk about. Exactly. Yeah. And and I'm so grateful for whoever was it that said that sort of phrase to me because yeah. it really resonated. And, and it really, from that moment on, it kind of opened up this sort of new chapter of oh, actually, yeah. it can be X, Y, Z. It can be whatever I want it to be, yeah. really. It doesn't have to be what I was told or what yeah. I saw or what I experienced growing up. Um, because, you know, aside from the conversations that I had with my mom, there was also some sexual trauma and abuse. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, so my template for sex is, while it's still present and it's still present today, it's not writing the rest of the story. Right. If that makes sense. It's it I guess it's part of the foundations of how you approach it potentially. Yeah. Um or not as in coloring your sexual experiences now, but I guess the things we hear and the things we take on are always going to be present. Yeah. In some way. And again, and being okay with that. Yeah. yeah. And sort of like, all right, cool. I see you. <laughs> I see. I, I, know I, I, I know you're here, and yeah. here's what I'm going to do about it. Yeah. Or I'm going to take a break, or I'm going to stop. And and again, being okay with with both aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big. And again, that was when I was 20, 20, 21, um, later than most of my other friends. And I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. I'm so because I had tried. I had tried. I wanted to have sex. <laughs> I had tried, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't. And I remember going to a gynecologist and being like, "What's going?" Because I couldn't even wear tampons. I was like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You have a you have a very thick hymen, like a thicker than usual hymen." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, that's great." Um, I once had a boyfriend say that it was the alien. He's like, he's like, it looks like an alien down there, and I'm like, "Oh my oh. god!" And now I look back and I'm like, the fact that he called my vagina basically an alien, or like my like. I would, like who? That is very. That's weird. I mean, I guess. You were sixteen, but it was still like. Had he seen one before? Yeah, so he oh, had had okay, sex so before. He... So to him, it was like, what's that white thing? And I'm like, oh, oh I see. No. I guess if it is thicker, it isn't that visible. But yeah. calling, I think, especially at young ages, we aren't very sensitive around what it does to yeah. people when we give their genitals names. Yeah. Or the alien. Yeah, that is a very... Did that make you feel uncomfortable in that moment? Or? Yeah, of course it did. And I, he, I'll, like, I'll paint the picture even better. He was, We were looking at it because I was like, something's, something's up here. Like, mm-hmm. this is not... I don't think it's meant to be like this. So I remember sitting straddled leg open. And he got... I'm not even kidding you. He got like a clothing hanger. And I was just like, is, is he going to put this yeah. clothing hanger like inside of my vagina? And I still, he never did, but I was like, I don't know why he had that. Like a little captain. I was like, what's going on? And I remember him saying, oh, it looks like an alien. It's an alien. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew, it's, I was like, no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's part of It's you. part of me. It's yeah. not an alien. It might look a little weird, mm. but it's not an alien. So I, and I think that was, 
again, and it's it's being aware that oh, other people will have an input, right, or can have an input yeah. on what that looks like, and 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 again, being like, no, that's not true, mm-hmm. or yes, that is, and true. finding like, a truth finding for a truth yourself that. that doesn't make and and not having their opinion matter so much, not I so guess. Much. Um, <laughs> I thought he meant the film Alien or something. Magic. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think it is. So I guess that the fact that that Hyman was thicker was one aspect, and I suppose the other one might be that when we are afraid it's going to hurt, we cramp up. Yeah. And then nothing works, and it does hurt. Um, so I guess those two aspects unfortunately played into each other they did and I and I, if I recall back to the first time I did have um, penetrative vaginal sex it was I think about it now and I'm like oh actually there was some tantra going on in there Oh, because a lot of it was around my breathing yeah. hello motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it hello a lot of it was around breathing yeah. and me like really breathing into it and like connecting with how I was breathing and moving my like hips in a certain mm-hmm. way to kind of allow the penis really slowly and it was painful and there was you know it was there was blood and stuff and but I knew that that could happen mm-hmm. but now that I reflect back I'm like oh that's interesting yeah I think it was there I didn't know it was I didn't I didn't realize that that's what it was but I suppose there was a lot of trust and a lot of time being taken with the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot of trust and there was a lot of time and there was a lot of communication yeah. happening throughout the process. And were they aware that it might be a bit painful? Yeah, so they knew yeah. that it was my first time. I also, he wasn't my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We were just friends. Yeah. So that was also quite a nice component for me. I right. realized that actually I needed that. I didn't want the pressure of a boyfriend Yeah, being like, let's do friends, it. you can be weirdly open about, about the, like in quotation marks, weird stuff or, but yeah, you know, yeah. you, there's a different, especially when you're young, I guess. A different pressure because mm. you don't really need to impress because they've sort of seen all of you. That's it. I mean, and we we just got on really well and yeah. still get on. Like we're he's married now. Like it's it, you know, and, and which is great. Um, but it's like wow, this is okay. This is this can be different. Mm-hmm. And and we it was a summer sort of thing that we hooked up that summer and had a great time mm-hmm. like by the end of it like it was it was super fun and yeah. I remember like in his room he had like these World of Warcraft like things and I'm like cool like <laughs> why not right I'm here for it, it was, yeah. and we had loads of fun um, and then and that sort of started the journey really mm-hmm. that started the journey to a couple of one night stands that didn't really feel great for me a couple of scenarios where I had to really Quite early on, actually, I think the third person that I had sex with, uh, I was on holiday with the, with a friend in Barcelona, and it was this Spanish, like local person that I had met there, and we had hit it off and went back. <clears throat> and I remember him trying to have sex with me without a condom, mm-hmm. and I could, I could feel it, and I was like, mm, "Are you sure you're wearing a condom?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm wearing a condom," and I'm like, "Oh, no. the stealth thing." And I, but I was like, Ugh. I was like. No, I'm pretty sure you're not wearing condoms. Because he could see my birth control pills were on the bedside table. Oh, I see. He's like, oh, but you're on the pill. Like, why does it matter? And I'm like, get off me. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, like, pushed him off me. Was like, get, like, you need to leave now. And was like, oh, my God, that can, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, and it was, that was the third person I had any sex, second or third person 
I had sex with. And I was like, oh my God, what a different yeah, experience. experience. Yeah. Completely. And the experiences that have followed from that have all been, of course, incredibly different and unique uh, and valuable mm-hmm. in, in ways. Like that experience was immensely valuable for me. Yeah. I was like, that is not okay yeah. under any circumstances. I was pissed. He basically, as well, he like, he shaved his whole body. Okay. And we were like messing around and like my, like his hair was growing back and it was prickly. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. this is horrible. It's like having sex with sandpaper. This is, get off of it. It was just, it was just not fun. It was any, just not yeah. fun. And having had such a positive experience initially, initially mm-hmm. to such a well experience yeah. afterwards it was like, oh, okay. There's it's a, not always the same. No, yeah. There's a spectrum here, big yeah. time. Um, and I get to, I get to have a say in what mm-hmm. that looks like because he could have very easily continued, you know, in some in some instances. Sure. And that would have, again, it it could have transformed. It, it, yeah, I just it's really, it sort of blows my mind a little bit mm-hmm. how how vastly different different people approach sex. Yeah. And that some people, and that's always what. I find so, I don't know, fascinating is the right word, about people who do things like take off the condom. I just don't get mm. where they're coming from. Because mm. you kind of, because the idea of sex is that you're both having fun. And like the fact that you would lie to someone who's asking, are you wearing a condom yeah. while you're inside of them? It's so strange. I don't get, like, it just doesn't compute anywhere <laughs> in my brain. I, yeah, I, I mean, me neither. I, I really struggle to come to grips with it the only rationality that i can put into it is this sort of incredibly incredibly Mm self-focused sense of pleasure Mm -hmm. it's almost like i need to get what i want or i this is all about me yeah um and I, i i can i can see how in some instances people can think that way i mean i've certainly like in masturbating like masturbating my experience is masturbating sometimes it is all about me and I like that it is. Right. But, well, but I, if you're with yourself. Yeah, but even if I'm with a partner, sometimes, oh, I I, sometimes okay. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> Time out. Me. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. So I see how could that can sometimes play out. But I think if that's kind of dominating mm-hmm. your experience of sex, then what's actually underneath that? Like where, yeah. where does that focus on yourself and your own pleasure and your own wants and needs? come in mm. um in what should be or mostly is a shared experience yeah. and i think we uh, like i think an easy i don't know an easy but i think part of it is probably sex education yeah because you don't really learn about the clitoris to you uh, or about the fact uh, that uh, women orgasm in the first place i don't think that's always i mean maybe things have gotten better but i i went to a comedy show recently from daniel sloss who i talk about the podcast a lot Mm -hmm. because i just he brings up very personal things and Mm -hmm. like obviously it's a jokey funny thing but he said when he started having sex he was unaware of the fact that the other person was meant to orgasm as well and whether or not that was that was very probably sort of hyper you know exaggerated for comedic effect right but in sex education he had learned that penis goes in vagina man ejaculates job done ah. um yeah and uh, and i think it's it's about how we see women as a society and they usually are sexual hypersexualized and how sex i think in a heteronormative society is seen anyway which mm. is penis and vagina yeah, yeah. thanks for coming um, pun, pun intended pun or intended. not intended <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but it's it but this is it i think the sex education component is so 
so so so so so so important and mm. there are some phenomenal people out there Alex Fox uh, Ruby Rare Ruby Stevenson doing amazing work mm-hmm. around sex education in a really sex positive way I mean God, I remember the I remember watching having sex ed in school in Bermuda and the scene of fertilization mm-hmm. so sperm meets egg ovum was I kid you not it was a, a woman female in a swimsuit on a lilo <laughs> I'm not. I'm not this even. This is already kidding. too good. She was like the woman was there sunbathing on a lilo in the middle of a pool, kind of like da 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 with her sunglasses, and all around the edge of the swimming pool, there were men who looked who were all white, who were all wearing the same like Speedo. colored speedos, yeah. and they synchronistically <laughs> dove into the pool, and oh. and one of them, the fastest swimmer reached up and grabbed the woman who was restfully, blissfully unaware on her lilo and pulled her under. That was fertilization. Ugh! That's horrible! <laughs> and this was early 2000s. That's creepy. What? Who made that I have artistic no choice? idea what was going on there. But what an image. Yeah. Right? What an image. It's kind of traumatizing though, isn't it? That's just... I mean, I can see it so vividly. Like, it was, what what an image. And if that's what schools are... I mean, I I find it very unlikely that they're still showing that rendition of fertilization. But, I mean, what? Yeah. We get to take a step back and be like, whoa, 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 pause. Yeah. Um, And bring in more conversations around the female reproductive organs i mean the fact that i i'm almost 30 and i only recently learned that the, that the clitoris is 10 centimeters long that's yeah. a problem i only i also only i think i learned it from memes or something or someone on instagram went by the way this is how big clitoris is and i always knew that was in quotation marks the tip of the iceberg yeah i just didn't realize how big the how iceberg big the iceberg was is. and and how that like that would have totally changed the game mm. growing up like and I, I, if I look back, actually, maybe yeah, when I was masturbating, there was more of like the, the the bulbs being stimulated and stuff. And even during sex now, that's more of the case. But like, what? The fact that I didn't see that, mm-hmm. or that there was no conversation. No one taught you that. No one about your that. body in sex education. And it's such. I mean, it's you can't miss it. Like it's yeah, pretty yeah, big, yeah, yeah. right? Like how? How? And then and even I always. I'm only learning about it a bit more now that the tantra world like has kind of opened that mm-hmm. for me a bit now. But why is it that certain sensations on my ear or in my mouth feel orgasmic? Mm-hmm. Why does that happen? Oh, okay. There's like there's correlations. There's sensory components. Like there's so much happening there mm-hmm. that again we don't learn about. I, I I remember in sex ed there was no conversation around you know this is what sex is. Penis and vagina. Mm. Not, what does sex mean to you? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, this is orgasm. That's a flurry of nice sensations. Mm. Yeah, okay, but what does it mean? What does it mean to you to mm-hmm. reach orgasm? And I think those are questions that we get to ask from a younger age to through adulthood. Yeah. Um, but it's never quite put in such a way yeah those questions are never asked you know I've asked some girlfriends and said you know what does orgasm mean and they're like mm-hmm. uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know but that is a good question I don't know if I've uh, asked myself that I don't know bliss is that it it's a good 
day. <laughs> but this, and, and again, and, and knowing that the definition can sometimes evolve, but for mm. me, orgasm is nourishing. Mm-hmm. I find it incredibly nourishing and really quite energizing, actually, to have an orgasm. And, and, and also acknowledging that different sensations can happen. So I've, there's, for me, there's different experiences mm-hmm. of orgasm. And each of them have a different nourishing component for me. Yeah. But for you, it might be very different. For, yeah. you know, Tom down the road, it might be very different. Yeah. So it's, again, it's like, but asking the, those questions, like, mm-hmm. what does, what does that mean for you? What do you want it to mean for you? What do you want sex to be like for you? Yeah. And I think it's really important. It's, I've recently, through the, I've podcast called Masturbators and we talk about masturbation mm-hmm. a lot. And then, um. I remember sort of making a promise in quotation marks at the end of one episode to masturbate more because I, because I get really lazy and then it's sort of a part of self care. I think if mm. you're interested in sex, um, to explore yourself and to allow yourself that pleasure, and I've actually, um, I've got a new toy now called the Satisfier, which mm. is sort of like the womanizer. It's it sort of has a little suction nozzle yeah. and then it stimulates your clitoris through sort of waves. I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure how it works. Um, and because of the way that that makes me come, I've masturbated a lot more because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. th- those orgasms are so fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's very strange how I always thought my other sex toy made me... C- and it does make me come really well. And, yeah. But apparently that part of it wasn't interesting enough and just having that new toy that opened up a new aspect mm-hmm. of sensation it's changed my um, relationship with masturbation and it's become a lot more bigger, a lot more explore- explorative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and um, and it was just changing one little aspect of that's it. it and yeah, and it being less of a chore I guess of like oh, now I have to do this thing now I bit. have to masturbate yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I can't sleep. What can I do? Um, And now it's more like, I have, you know, half an hour before I have to leave the house. Why not take some time with Mm. myself? And it does change, I think, your relationship to yourself. The Mm. more you use it for pleasure rather than um, a means to an end. And I guess it's like sex with other people. Sort of the more it's about exploring, the more interesting it gets. And the broader the broader notion of pleasure, right? I think there's a lot of focus on genitals, mm. which, okay, makes sense. <laughs> and like it's sometimes just laying in bed and just like touching my arm, mm. touching my hair, touching my stomach, my like just really like connecting with the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. Like rubbing my partner's back with my like it just feels so nice, yeah. And and touching in a way that's pleasurable both for myself on my own or with my partner or touching my partner in a way that's pleasurable for me and for them is so enriching mm-hmm. and so nourishing. Yeah. That in and of itself is to your point, it's self care. Yeah. Um, so. And I don't. I personally don't use sex toys very often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I've that's ever really been a. I have, I have, I have a little like box of them. I just don't sometimes, yeah. so often. Um, but it's not, it's not a regular thing for me. Um, and I mean, I, you know, you've been to Shush, the show, the um, Women's Emporium in Shoreditch. No, it's like a super femme-friendly sex shop. Okay. Um, I believe the two owners are. Uh, I don't know if they're a couple. Uh, lesbian couple but they're basically it's it's great it's it's kind of behind a coffee shop it's fab mm-hmm. and it's very femme focused and the toys there are just a they're beautiful 
mm-hmm. and they serve such a variety of different pieces. So mm-hmm. there's, I went there with some friends, and one of them has vaginismus, has like stage four vaginismus, and has for her life. Does that mean that sex is or penetration is painful, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's a anything really going inside of her vagina okay. can create a lot of discomfort. So. We, they have a toy there that's basically you kind of ride it. You kind mm-hmm. of put it in, in it, and it really stimulates the, the lips and the, the bulbs of the clitoris. Fabulous. She bought it and is using it. Um, they have some there that are dilators mm-hmm. for persons that maybe have vaginismus, for example. Um, or even, I, I think they've been used with intersex persons as well. Mm-hmm. To, and, and, but they're beautiful. You know, they're mm-hmm. these really beautiful, flexible kind of pieces. Not these clinical cylinders that yeah, you see. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh... So I would, if you haven't been to Shush, or sh, I guess it's Shush, Women's yeah. Emporium, I think it, that's what it's called, I'd really recommend it because, A, the, the staff there are super friendly and really yeah. informative. They do lots of workshops as well. Like, I think on Wednesdays they have, like, talks and things. Mm-hmm. And, again, you just get to go and see. Yeah, that sounds very cool. Um, also, I want that toy that you can ride. <laughs> it's Wait there. Just. Full okay. sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, they sold it there. All right, so. all right. Let's uh, <laughs> new new goal for tomorrow. <laughs> but um, um, but yeah, I think it changes, and I think it's part of self care. Like for example, just being naked while masturbating yeah. makes such a big difference. Yeah. Then to you in your pajamas and you sort of half assing it, and like you know, it doesn't. The sensation is there, and you're just like, and I've had that orgasm, and sometimes that's just fine because yeah. you want that edge. You know, you you're taken care of, whatever. Um, and then sometimes you need to take a bit more time or you, you get to take a bit more time and mm. and exactly feel your body and realize that not only the clitoris is the only sexual sexual thing in you. And for me, a lot of it's been around what emotions going on beneath that because I've definitely masturbated and had pain mm-hmm. either while I was in orgasm or immediately after. Mm-hmm. So like, okay why does that burn or mm-hmm. why does that hurt mm-hmm. because it's like, sometimes you quite a sharp pain and it's like okay what what's going on underneath mm-hmm. that because that's again it's not a typical sort response of response and, you, yeah. and it's an opportunity for that further inquiry yeah and it is quite interesting um yeah when you get more time you get to explore your emotions that come with it a lot more and it, there is a lot more emotion and sensation involved um and that's let, let's lead into tantric tantric sex let's do it uh how did you find out about it and what made you want to study it more so to your point earlier i think i've always seen it or heard about it mm-hmm. in a in a very yeah <laughs> um flowy way yeah um you know hear about the kama sutra very early on um right. it's kind of sort of quite flippantly thrown out there and I think it's always, as a result, it's always kind of been in the back of my mind, like, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that side of sex? Uh, I had this image that it was like staring deep into each other's eyes mm-hmm. and matching your breath. Mm-hmm. And you both come together and it's just this beautiful. And, and, and I think I'm learning that that's not always what mm-hmm. it is. Um, how did I get into it? I went to Togetherness London. They do... Um, or have done in the past workshops around okay. sexuality, around intimacy, and some of them involve like eye gazing um, things, and and that kind of 
brought me into it. I went to one talk there that really sort of was both educational and that helped me reframe a lot of what I had thought of mm-hmm. around sexuality, around soulmates. I think the topic was the right. soulmate delusion with Andrew Barnes. And it was really like, oh, wow, there's a different approach to this. Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life, I was also in a polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. for the first time. So that was very new and explorative. So it just kind of opened this new sexual chapter. Yeah. Um, where nothing was really off limits and it was an opportunity for me to really delve in. The the tantric side specifically, I first started hearing about oming, right, orgasmic meditation. Okay, yeah. Which is the 15-minute kind of clitoral stimuli. And... Yes. The actual- Your reaction was, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going, if I did that for 15 minutes, I don't know why I'd have come a bunch of times. But maybe that's the point of not coming? Is that the point? I think from... And I've never had... I've never given... Oh, I haven't given an oming OM session or received one. And it's not something that I necessarily, like, fully agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is that basically the female... The sort of lays there and has their you know their vulva exposed and the person giving them the mass a part of it it's just them describing what they see oh. and telling them what it looks like and the color and how how it you know and that's already a part that's of the experience quite an intense experience I think. and then the remainder of it it's a very gentle very very gentle almost non-existent stroking of the clitoris oh, I see. in a certain in a certain position okay which again that's really interesting mm-hmm. i haven't always noticed that there's for both females and males that where I've been intimate with there's like kind of like one o'clock on the clitoris like on the actual like tip of the clitoris it's very sensitive same for penises that little under part for some reason it's kind of like a little go zone I don't know Mm -hmm. and I think that was interesting I was like oh is that was that just me or is that actually a a thing Mm -hmm. and then that kind of create again with the curiosity Mm -hmm. that's that's been there kind of moved me forward and then I don't know. I don't. I didn't know anyone that was in the tantric space, and so I kind of just went. I went by myself mm-hmm. to the first All in. sort of work. Exactly. I went. By, I was like, I'm in it. Let's do it. Let's try. It. Let's figure this out. I went in. Let's figure this out. I'm gonna figure out tantra. No. Um, I'm just. I just want to see what it's about. Mm-hmm. And the first workshop I went to was with my my current mentor Andrew Barnes, who does. Um, workshops in tantric body dearmoring. Okay, sounds um, interesting. So I'm like, what? What does that mean? And effectively, and this is where where we talk a bit about where I'm kind of connecting dots with what I'm learning now in my training to be a sex therapist. It's okay. I think it's post Freudian um, speak of armoring, body armoring, mm-hmm. whereby the body creates muscular tensions which have which act protectively. Okay, yeah. Uh, and the de-armoring is supporting the release of that, mm-hmm. but it's doing so in a really mindful, tantric mm-hmm. way, quote-unquote, where a lot of the focus is on breath, sound, and movement through that experience. So you hit certain points from the top of your head, jawline, inside your mouth, neck, throat, chest, psoas, abdomen, inner thigh. Like, you go and you go, like, around the... It's very intense and it's a very interesting experience around what is my relationship with pain Mm -hmm. 
and my relationship with pleasure and learning a bit more around, oh, I'm much more tolerant to pain than I am to pleasure. Oh, interesting. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Why is it that I can withstand a lot of discomfort and a lot of pain? We're we're hitting, in, in those workshops, you're hitting points, very specific points, to an 8 out of 10 in terms of pain. Mm-hmm. It's, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And I can hold that. I can withstand. I can move through that. Right. But when it comes to my own pleasure, it becomes more finite. I've experienced it as more staccato. Mm-hmm. Or at least I did before I learned a bit more about Tantra. Okay. And um, so that's been, that was the initial sort of part of it. And I've kind of just haven't stopped. Is the goal of that tent, if you go to the pressure points, is it to remove the pressure through causing that pain or is it just to be aware of the tension that lies there? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's A, bringing more bodily awareness to to yourself, mm-hmm. to where you're maybe holding tension, to what what am, what is coming out from that. Yeah. Because different people will have different responses and hold tension in different parts of their body. Mm-hmm. So that's just generally learning a bit more about your body. Yeah. And then it's about, okay, what is my relationship with pain? And what is my relationship, like, moving through that pain? And can I experience pleasure on the other side? Right. Or can I experience pleasure simultaneously? Yeah. That's been really interesting. So I'll give you an example. Some of the points are just sort of here, kind of intercostal muscles in the middle of the chest. Mm -hmm. And when I have had people touch this point on my... um, right hand side I'll start laughing oh I'll start laughing but like chuck like really really laughing and it's really pleasurable mm-hmm. and it feels so so good and it's like wow that's like weird mm-hmm. and then the exact same spot on the other side I cry wow I can like I, I get really I can see myself it's weird I can see myself sitting on a haystack and the haystack is dissolving and I get really and I just cry that's very interesting. Whoa. Yeah. Certain points releasing certain tastes yeah. and sensations. Oh. So, and, and this is maybe my own, I, I'm, I have a very sensitive smell, mm-hmm. sense of smell and taste. I'm quite, I should have been a wine connoisseur really. I should have <laughs> <laughs> wasted in corporate America. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, so at certain points, one in my lower abdomen, which is my, which is my fear. And I know whenever I'm really scared, it hits oh, me there. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when that point got hit, I could taste blood. Wow. I could like t- it was like as if someone had just put a cup of blood in my mouth. It was metallic, and that's and all of it. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And again, it's just it's this whoa. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Where? Why? How? What do I? How do I move through? And 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 again, you're just breath, sound, and movement. So you're really people are crying and screaming and really feeling into their parts of their body that don't normally get touched Mm -hmm. you know you're you're kind of your muscles quite deep you're like elbows deep in pushing in right you don't normally touch that part of your body yeah no one ever touches that part of your body and it's such a unique experience and i've done it i've done it to my partner i've done it to friends who have been open to to trying it out and each of them have had releases in their own way Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't need to do that. There's this kind of idea that sex or intimacy or release has to be physical. It has to be points. It has to be mm-hmm. massage or it has to be something. And actually, sometimes 
all you need is just to be really, really gently stroked. Mm -hmm. And it all comes out. And that's been really wonderful to sort of see. Because, again, in my notion of Tantra, it was this this very kind of mysterious, ethereal thing Mm -hmm. where people would maybe have sex in really bizarre sort of legs up behind your third elbow kind of thing. (laughs) When actually... It doesn't have to be like that. It can just be a stroking of your ear and a sensation of, like, that's, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds really interesting. It's, re- it's, into that. it's really interesting. And yeah. I think it's, again, and you, you kind of, you go in and you sort of see. And I've, I've gone to workshops where some people were super, like, yeah, I think this is all bullshit. Like, I think this, right. is, I think this is all people putting on an act and stuff. And I'm like, okay. That's your you. Opinion, that's I guess. that's yeah. you know, that's fine. You, and they like, came to prove themselves right. They came to prove themselves right or wrong. I don't know. They left uh, halfway through the sessions. Oh, uh, I see. Um, but ultimately, that was one experience. But I think it's it's such an interesting opportunity for you to learn something mm-hmm. about your body, to touch a part of your body that you normally would never have touched. That that was almost like that's I can't I can't not do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it sounds very intimate, like. If you say that's the first session, I'm guessing someone else is doing this to you. Yes. So and you don't know them, or do you come with your partner? So you can come with your partner. You right. can go on your own. I went uh, the first one. I said I went on my own, and I it's you don't go straight in. You're not mm-hmm. like straight in, butt naked, putting your elbow <laughs> in my abdomen. Like that's not how it works. It's there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of conversation around consent, around different um, energy dynamics. Mm-hmm. So masculine, the framework that. Andrew uses it's around this notion of mature and immature masculine and feminine energy Mm -hmm. and how we all have all of them um and where do we normally sit right and how do we support each other to kind of anyway it's it's we don't have enough time to talk about it here but it's it's a very interesting framework so we talk a lot about that we talk a lot about um about people being able to communicate their boundaries and what touch feels good, what doesn't, before you're doing any of mm-hmm. that. So there's, it's, it's an evolution. It's a process. Um, and we do that. We'll do the, we'll do the physical de-armoring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also do some energy de-armoring where you're not touching the skin mm-hmm. at all. You're just moving what you experience to be the other person's energy and you can sort of feel into parts that are maybe blocked or maybe a bit more tense. Um, and I've had, I've had, like genuine, I, I've I've had some just absolutely out of this world experiences with people that haven't even touched me. Mm-hmm. That sounds very very wonderful. Like, holy smokes, Batman! Like, I mean, it, it and and to know that that's possible. Mm-hmm. To know that I can trust my body to allow that mm-hmm. to happen is is huge um and really 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 quite wonderful actually um uh, and some so, yeah and, and then just going to workshops where there is a lot of dance a lot of movement as well so connecting with the body in a, in a form of movement um group masturbation so that is something i find very interesting mm. so um when how far into your sort of journey into it have was that part of a workshop and how does it work? Is, are you naked when you do this? Are you fully clothed? How? What? What's the process of getting there? I suppose? Yeah, I think it was about a year into my experience with with this. Uh, it was at a at a at a workshop that I went to, 
completely optional. People mm-hmm. didn't have to, to do it. Um, and it was after we did a really, really long, like, two-hour dancing meditation mm-hmm. uh, of a lot of intense movements. By that point, we were so, like, we were hot and sweaty. So some people had taken their tops off, for example, or um, were partially undressed. And then it came to, okay, let's just ground and let's connect with ourselves now. Um, and yeah, there were maybe, maybe 25, 30 people in the room together and everyone had their own space and you didn't have to masturbate. You could, if you wanted to closed, unclosed, it was completely optional. I, I, I think I kept my, like I had a sports bra on and I kept, I, I stayed basically in, in underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, and it was just a case of exploring more. So even in that, I rec- from what I recall, it wasn't so much hands-on. Mm-hmm. It was more like moving my thighs together or like opening my hip and like kind of shifting in my weight in different places and touching more in between my chest and my, like it was, it was, it was an, it, for me, it was an all over body masturbation. Mm-hmm not just the genital focus, which was a very, for me, quite a different, I was like, oh, I haven't really done Done that very much. Um, And it was, it was the most, for me, it was the most human experience, Mm -hmm. I think, I could have ever asked for, to have these, you know, 20 odd, 30 odd people who were complete strangers a few days ago be in a space that was warm and safe and comfortable and for us all to just be with ourselves mm-hmm. and that was so powerful and felt like I've thought about this before as like going to orgies and things I'm kind of like this is it this is how people were mm-hmm. this is how as 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 a species this is how humanity functioned when you were with your cave friends you wouldn't just go around the corner to masturbate. Mm-hmm. You'd do it then and there. They might join in. Like it was, and it's like, oh, it felt so natural, mm-hmm. and it felt so human, and it felt so, oh, oh, like it. Yeah, it was such a positive experience, and simultaneously, part of me is like standing above me, being like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, how did you get here?" Yeah. And part of me is like, yeah, but it's all good. Yeah, 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 it's all good. It's so good. I'm not even stressed a little bit. And that was an interesting experience mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but again, having had that conversation before, you, you don't have to be here if you don't want to be here. You can take some time for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do any genital touching if you don't want. Like it was all very much for, for you. you. Yeah, for you. So there was no at that specific time no um, direction of how to touch yourself. It was just. Taking in the movement. Taking the movement and, and going with that. Yeah. There was, I've never had, obviously with the pressure point releases, there is direction mm-hmm. around that, around where you need to hit and how much pressure and how. But in terms of the actual act of masturbation, I've only learned that, and this was now two years into the tantric world where we've done uh, sort of yoni massages, lingam massages, vulva and penis um, shaft massages, and that's a bit more instructional around okay you're creating sort of waves around the clitoral bulb and you're kind of pulling the vulva and and adjusting it that way okay that's more practical Mm -hmm. I guess 
uh, or you're you know inserting a finger either in the anus or the vagina and hitting 12 points along Ooh. the way like a clock mm-hmm. and each point is kind of like the armoring piece will have a different response right yeah so that's a bit more sort of I guess instructional uh, you know, you're pulling the penis and you're shaking it, so it connects with the with the prostate gland. What? What? <laughs> How? And again, it happens, and you're like, I'm shaking this this person's penis, and it's I'm shaking it really hard, and I'm pulling it, and I'm pulling their balls. What? This other part of me is like, What are you doing? <laughs> How did you get here? Yeah. Um, but it's it's in so that part has been, and that was in December of 2018 that Do you I... want to talk a bit, a bit more about that? So is it again strangers or through that the two years that you've been doing this have you gotten to know them? So or... I've gotten to know I've gotten to know some people mm-hmm. in the space which is wonderful and I've built some really I think trusting and, and loving relationships with people from around the world mm-hmm. you know not just here in, in, in London but also from other countries. Yeah. And in that instance specifically we were abroad we were in Israel uh, where Tantra is like a big thing there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but it's quite a... Tel Aviv, at least, was it was very... There's a lot going on there. Half of the people that were there were from were from okay. there. So obviously I had never met... Yeah. I had never met the majority of the people there. I had met maybe four people that had okay. gone. Uh, and it was female only. Uh, and the first part of the, the, the sort of time there was, was educational, was... Again, genital anatomy and talking a bit about that, talking about the different energy components, masculine, feminine, and and connecting with our bodies. There were a lot of meditations. And then we did the the first day was the yoni massage. So mm-hmm. I was there with a, with a person that I knew and that I trusted. And because I'd never had that before. I'd never had another female touch my genitals right. um, in, a, in a sort of sexual or pleasurable way so that was like okay that's new so I, I'm really glad that I was there with someone that I knew mm-hmm. and we did it was an exercise of okay so first you, you're going to connect with your body through breath sound and movement you're going to like kind of just breathe and, and connect fine I can do that next part is they're going to start touching mm-hmm. just around the genital area with their thumb and just kind of moving that and moving some of the you know moving the lips kind of like sort of tapping your fingers, kind of creating... And that was like, okay, that feels pleasurable. I, I can see the enjoyment in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had gloves and stuff. It wasn't... Yeah, I was just going to ask in terms yeah, like of... The logistics. <laughs> yeah, the logistics of it. Because yeah. I'm guessing it's quite important if you've... I'm imagining not everyone gets tested before that yeah. session. So you have to protect yourselves as well. Yeah, so we were, all, we were all wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also had the option of saying, no, I don't want to have any penetration okay, um, yeah. or I do or we'll see we, we had the option to kind of indicate that mm-hmm. um, which I think again is really important yeah. and really necessary we have we also had coconut oil or natural lubricants to to help in that part of that, that process yeah, yeah. Were, were people who did the massages also allowed to say I'd yes. rather not yep. penetrate yeah both. so before the massage would happen both persons would speak to each other mm-hmm. and say these are my boundaries this is what this is what might come up. Like we, we would have a very frank and open mm-hmm. conversation, which again, how Amazing. wonderful. Yeah. Um, so we did it. I actually gave the massage first cause I was like, before someone does this to me, I kind of want to see yeah. this for myself. Cause again, I've never you seen like taking notes. And I like getting... taking notes. And I've never, yeah. I've never seen like a real live vulva and vagina, like in very, my face. Yeah. Um, 
that close. Yeah. Like, hello. Um, and it was great because it was my friend. So it was yeah. kind of like, and she, like, she's had a kid, like, we, we, you know, and, 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 and she was really calm and was like, okay, yeah, try that. And, yeah. it, was, and it was so like, ah, it was great. It was such a wonderful educational experience yeah. to feel it. Um, and then, and yeah, and kind of a lot of what Tantra talks about is, is around receptiveness mm-hmm. and how receptive are you to pleasure? How receptive are you to, to receive love, mm-hmm. to receive goodness? And, and a part of it is around how the, the vaginal opening actually, when it's ready to be receptive, will pull you in. Oh. And that was really interesting. So to have that, to have the finger like be pulled in was like, because the muscles sort of, the mu- yeah, it just kind of it it waves. does it just it just yeah. brings you in, and I was like, oh my god, like that's how wonderful, mm-hmm. how wonderful that the body allows for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was that was a really intense experience, but really interesting and really um, just loving and informative and, and kind. I yeah. feel was the general kind of feeling. It was just a very kind experience to yeah. have with my friend, and then. We flipped, so and then we inversed again. Had another conversation around boundaries and things, and I, I had told her about my previous experience with sexual assault and how that's something mm-hmm. that I'm actively working through in therapy, mm-hmm. so that it might come up. So she was like aware, um, and my partner's also like we we have these conversations. So we talked about that. She started again initially fine, fine, and then it was on the like insertion of the finger. I just dissociated okay out bye can't feel anything i completely numbed out i couldn't feel anything mm-hmm. of what was going down of what was going on wow okay. i could not feel anything it was genuinely as if the bottom half of me had become had was on the other side of the road mm-hmm. and that isn't the first time that it's happened to me it's definitely happened while i've had intercourse in the past and I, I, I know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But again, the part of the process for me, at least, was a meditation of connecting back with my breath, being back here, what's, what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And a lot was coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, it, was, it felt really chaotic. And at one point... And she continued? Did she, you so verbalize she, so it? So I, I verbalized it. And I was like, listen, this is coming up. And I, I'm okay for you to keep moving into it because the fact that I can't feel is something that I want to explore. explore more. Yeah. And because she's in this space too, she was like, I can feel it. Oh, wow. And she's like, I can, I can, she, it was really interesting afterwards, the, the conversation that we had about it. Um, she was saying to me, she was like, Reg, I really wanted to like, at one point I felt like I wanted to pull something out of you. Like there was something there that wanted to be like pulled out. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, like I could feel that too. I felt as if there, maybe this is a bit graphic, but I felt as if there were these like black claws, like raven claws, like mm-hmm. trying to claw out of my vagina. Wow. And it was just like... Was it painful or was that just a metaphorical it was just, it emotion? Was, it was a metaphorical yeah. emotion in my mind, but it was like, because I couldn't feel anything. Right. But that's what I was like in my mind envisioning and seeing. And mm-hmm. it's like, what is this? Cre- like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I still don't know. And um, she felt that. And she felt that. Yeah. She felt the urge of something wanting to come out and her wanting to pull it out. So that was really interesting mm-hmm. that we had that connection. And then and then it got to a point where I was starting to panic a bit. Once that she hit that point and that image came out, I started to panic. And she was like, I'm, I'm coming out. Again, communicating the entire way. And, 
and holding that space. And, and then we talked about it. We talked about what the experience was like. At what point did I numb out? Did you get the feeling back or was that sort of where it ended? So it ended with her. And then there was another woman that was there who I had also really like gotten to know and connected really well with. And she actually is a like tantric practitioner. That's her job. Right. So she was like, I can come in and let's see what we can do. Uh, and we just focused in a lot more on, on breathing and, and on that. And she's like, I'm, she's like, I'm not going to even touch okay. your genitals. Like, I don't like, I'm not going to do that. So that, and that was kind of like, okay, <laughs> relief. <laughs> relief because yeah. I had, I wasn't expecting such a response. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also like noticing, okay, well, I'm projecting here. I'm projecting onto, onto the person that's doing this. I'm projecting onto that person over there. That's like having a great time. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Like where, where am I mm-hmm. in this? So that was quite an intense experience. Um, and again, very emotional, very deep-rooted. Mm-hmm. And again, an experience that I would have never had yeah. elsewhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to mm-hmm. having had that experience and to having had it with a friend, with someone that I knew and trusted. And then I think the next day or the day, no, the next day I was like, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to do that again today. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the process. So I didn't, I didn't partake in, in that. And then the day after, we had men. Right. So we had some males come in that had volunteered for the for the workshop, for the exercise, to, to be part of it. Do they wear condoms if you They didn't them? wear condoms. We had gloves. Right, okay. So everyone had gloves. Because it's not just... it for the, for the males, it wasn't just penis and testicle. It was also anus. Oh, I see. So so it was gloves. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting. You know, we've just spent the last week or so with a group of females women yeah and then as soon as a penis and testicles arrive into the room it shifts something yeah and everyone was kind of fretting and trying to put everything in its place and i'm like what god (laughs) what's going on here folks like where did this come from it was a really interesting shift Mm -hmm. which which is where it begins Mm -hmm. right that's where the experience kind of kicks off is as soon as someone walks in the door what does that feel like how does the energy change and acknowledging that it may yeah. change or that it will change. And anyway, and then I had I had a person that was my that was partnered with me and it's completely random. There's no kind of pre selection. You mm-hmm. basically get given little pieces and you have to match them. So I was given a like a little flower and they had the same flower, mm-hmm. so we were partnered. It was quite sweet. Mm-hmm. And um, and this person was in he's been in he had been in Chantra for a while as well. He had just broken up with his girlfriend about two weeks prior. Um, so he was like, I'm a bit know sensitive I'm yeah raw with that I'm like okay we talked about boundaries consent anything that you didn't want me to do um and and then we started and we started with a dearmoring so the pressure point stuff and that was really really intense for them and then we did some of the the lingam massage which involves basically like pulling I mean I know that on the podcast you can't see what I'm actually doing here but effectively you kind of grab the penis from the shaft and you pull it in one direction and you stretch the testicles in the mm-hmm. other and you're doing it Either way, di- kind of in different directions, directions and, you know, up and down. And you're playing quite hard, hey? Like, I was like, are you, is this hurting? And he's like, no, 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 it feels kind of nice. Just, okay. You can actually pull the testicles quite away. <laughs> Interesting. Go figure. Um, <laughs> and then a lot of it involves, you know, picking up the penis, holding it quite taut, pulled up. Uh, fully, fl- The penis is flaccid. Pulling in the penis quite tightly uh, underneath the head of the penis, and you're shaking it very vigorously. And what that is in, 
meant to do is that it connects on a nerve level it connects with the prostate gland Mm -hmm. and it stimulates the prostate and at that point he got an erection Mm -hmm. and at that point i was like oh shit what do i do now and my first thought was do i put it in my mouth (laughs) because that's what i'm so like in my mind i'm like i'm so used to doing that right if i'm stimulating in that way then i'm gonna put it in my mouth i love oral sex yeah i'm not and then I was like, oh, well, no. It's not <laughs> what we're not doing what, here. What's happening? It's not yeah. what the point of this is here, Reg. Pause. But it was really interesting to have that be like, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's first... your first response. Exactly. To re- yes, yeah. Put it in my mouth. Um, and then, and yeah, and then kind of going through that process and experiencing that with them. And then some of the perennial mass, all of it. You just kind of, and again, in the anus, it's the 12 different points mm-hmm. and you're hitting them. Really, really, really tender mm-hmm. as well like the man was crying in certain points and really enjoying it in others so it was just again working with working with that um and again totally unique experience all of this said a lot of happening in my back and is like oh my god my boyfriend i told him that i was going to right. the workshop i told him that this was going to be happening he was you know okay with it but i'm feeling guilty about that I'm feeling like I'm hearing my mother's voice being like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. All of this is, is coming into play in that, you know, which I guess hour. changes your, changes your energy towards that it can process yeah, as well. It can. Yeah. And I think that's where my learning is, mm-hmm. is how to stay really present mm-hmm. in that. It's really hard for me, for example, to, to orgasm during sex with my eyes open. Interesting. I really, I really struggle, mm-hmm. and I. It wasn't until recently that I realized that, and it's like, and I, my partner and I did this extra. We kind of tried to do it, and we both really struggled. Mm-hmm. Got close, but not quite there. It's like, okay, that's interesting. And the same things you would do with your eyes closed would help you orgasm. Very interesting. Very interesting. And this is it. It's kind of like, oh, oh, that's, what's that? Mm-hmm. How, it's presence. What, what is it that I'm not here with, or that I, I'm choosing to, to not focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's preventing me from pleasure. Yeah. What is it? Some might say it's being vulnerable. Some might say it's, you know, showing up as your, I, I don't know. People will yeah. have different kind of components for it, but it is, yeah. it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. It's been, it's been a ride. Mm-hmm. It's been a ride and I've learned a lot and I've cried a lot and I've had a lot of orgasms. So <laughs> that sounds like life, doesn't it? More please. Thank you. More. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound like life. <laughs> does sound like life i've never thought about it that way that's quite nice i like that yeah and yeah. the and the journey continues Go yeah ahead. Uh, no i mean that, i mean i'm my mind is blown and i like we've sort of uh, coming to close at this point but i have i just i don't even have questions i'm just like tell me <laughs> so if you'd be happy to come back and like yeah. maybe go more into detail and we sort of we've now gotten to know you a bit and yeah, then yeah, we yeah. we've sort of we can jump right into tantra and your experiences yeah. with that and sort of sure. sensation and the motion of things i find that really really interesting and sort of where that's brought you in your relationship and in your relationship oh, with yourself it's been a massive game changer yeah it's been a massive game changer and it, it will continue to change mm. um and yeah throughout the throughout my experience with tantra and let's call it the last two and a half years it's it's just it's shifted everything. Mm-hmm. It's shifted how I view how I am in relationship, who I'm in relationship with, how I relate. It's just it's shifted my relationship with my mom. Like everything has shifted with it. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's a big it's a big one. Um, and I'd love yeah, it's it's 
wild. Yeah, and I yeah, and I'd <laughs> love to talk about it more because I think we even said it before we started that it's nice to get right into the deep end with yeah. conversations. Yeah. But I feel like when other people join in, it's always nice to get to know the person mm. that we're going to go on that journey with. And I think that part of every journey or every story is the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I do like uh, to go into those things. Um, but now I'm I'm very intrigued and um, very tempted to maybe not jump into the deep end, um, but go into an introduction. Mm. And, and maybe we can have a chat about that definitely. as well, how to get into it if, if for that's sure, an yeah. interesting, definitely. interesting for, thing for people. Um, it's very you have a very calming presence. It was very nice Aww, talking to that's you. That's really kind of you to say. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed being here and um, and sharing with you and, and learning with you and talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's very, very, very wonderful having you here. And let's definitely do it again and go into more detail if right that's on. something you'd like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there any? So you've mentioned what's your mentor's name? Andrew Barnes. So that's, I guess, someone that people can look into if they're interested. They can. Um, and I, I, my experience with Andrew has been very positive. He runs workshops around the world mm -hmm. um, around this, around sort of intimacy. He does retreats for females only, for males only, uh, and, you know, mixed mixed sex. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really around seeing what makes sense for you. There's a lot of information around the tantric world mm -hmm. out there I would say and this is my own experience is always question mm -hmm. question everything and never do anything unless you feel a hundred percent about it yeah. yeah because they're especially in the tantra and, and this is I'm, I know we're coming to a close but there's a big component around the you know hashtag me too space right. and where does that fit into the tantric world and I think there is a lot going on there as mm -hmm. well um, so I think that's an important piece if people are going to be looking into it you know making sure that you are questioning and you're looking all angles every, yeah, yeah. Um, and where possible talking to other people that you might meet going to workshops that are clothing on mm -hmm. you know here in London there's loads of opportunities with uh, Sex Club Orange mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of no them no idea but sounds good phenomenal they do um they do these workshops in East London typically and they are sharing circles mm -hmm. and there's also some workshops around boundaries and consent and touch. Fabulous, wonderful resource for getting to know people mm -hmm. as well that are in that space or that are wanting to be a part of that space. Yeah. Somatic sex healing, uh, tantric healing. So again, there's lots of opportunity yeah. um, both in London and also on, on the internet. So on the internet. On the, the internet, yeah. So have a look. For sure. Amazing. Um, anything else? I don't know. Do you have any social media to plug or anything of that kind? No. Nah, Probably not so much. Not really. I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Doing your own thing, um, which is very good. Um, um, for now, I've thought about doing a, a sort of like a blog thing, and I had one for a little while. It's more of just my own inner monologue than anything else. Right. Um, but no, nothing to nothing to plug. It's something that I'm thinking about. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Bit of a passion project around sexual dysfunction and socializing sexual dysfunction, creating a sort of YouTube channel yeah. platform. So that's something that I'm that's in the works. Mm -hmm. And when that's ready, I'll like definitely love to to share it. But for now, it's just me, unfiltered. Amazing, <laughs> and that's something I love. Um, and yeah, again, thank you for this conversation. <laughs> um, if anyone has questions. 
uh, feel free to email masturbatorspodcast at gmail.com and then we can pick them for up sure, next yeah, time um, yeah thank you everyone for listening um, come back next Thursday for, for more fun to be had and uh, we'll we'll meet again in the future and, and have so. a, uh, maybe even off the record and have, have more chats I'd love about that yes yeah, for sure and um, yeah guys rate and subscribe and all of the things that are annoying <laughs> but necessary and yeah you can get me on twitter at masturbators pot or instagram at masturbators podcast again any questions uh just just go ahead and send them over and thank you thank you very much for listening and goodbye mm-hmm. uh-huh.